There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Amazon Business Honors, Jill Lau. Chief Procurement Officer of Global Network Bank. Last week, Jill saved big and used Amazon Business to help her team buy 327 headsets. Now Bob can keep his conversations to himself. Wait, am I still on speakerphone? With business buying easier than before, Jill now uses her extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Thank you for holding Hang it up, Bob. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as hell at Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine breaking F1 podcast. Oh, my God. How we doing? God, we're good, mate. We're good. We are four episodes in. Can you believe it? Can't. Welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. What do we got? What do we yes. got tonight? Yes, welcome to the uh, most fraudulent podcast on the internet. Tonight we are going to go with a little bit of a Singapore preview Ooh. and a little bit of a Twitter Q and A because we've had to wait two weeks about a race, so you know we're just. Uh, filling out stat padding yeah I, I i really think you know the 24 race calendar next year is not enough because that means there's too many gaps in the calendar we need the entire paddock to be completely dead inside we're talking minimum 40 races um yeah. and I, th- I think really that's the place so that you know us who have nothing better to do with our lives can sit around and watch and talk about formula one every single week so welcome welcome to the pod this is episode four we are hitting this is us baby this is us we're hitting all these short form content now on your instagram your twitters your youtube your youtube shorts your tiktoks our we got our first tiktok going and then every episode we're going to keep those rolling to keep you lunatics and sickos in the loop but yep 
and all you lunatics that want to see our faces by watching it on YouTube. I can't believe people actually do that. It's disgusting. Fucking freaks. <laughs> oh, but honestly, I I actually enjoyed having a little break off from the races, and we're we're going out east now, and it's Singapore next. But before we get to the little Singapore preview, we've got got some news and there's some there's some interesting stuff happening in the paddock and it would be rude not to talk about it honestly yeah so uh first and foremost this episode is dedicated to uh nicholas latifi who has sadly announced that he will be leaving us and uh returning back to the homeland to eat his nutella on the sofa while watching the 2023 season thanks for everything you've done for us mate appreciate you bro the goat Mm -hmm. the goat retires Yep. Thank you for securing my championship winning bonus last year. Cheers, brother. Yep. Big yourself up. Red Bulls are on the way. <laughs> um, but he managed to fraud himself three years of employment. So yeah, he's all right in my book. That's not bad. After what, no. four seasons of F2, six incomplete seasons, but four whole seasons. Uh, he got beat by Nick DeVries in the ultimate, penultimate or the final season that he competed, and then um, just bought a team or bought a seat in a team. But that, there's there's a couple there's a couple yeah, gamers in there. Here's, on some, the... here's some amusing trivia: if we discount that so-called race of the uh, 2021 Spa in the last five seasons, Williams' best result in a Grand Prix belongs to Nicholas Latifi after when he got seventh in Hungary last year. So there you go. That's a fake stat, just like Williams being third in the Constructors' Championship in, like, 2015. Those aren't yeah. real. Those never freaking happened. Mm-hmm. No Into way. The timelines. <laughs> yeah. Have you been have you been watching a little bit of a, too much of Marvel Cinematic Universe, the multiverse mm-hmm. of madness, Nicholas yeah. Latifi, 12-time world champion? That's where I pulled this shirt out from, mate, the multiverse. <laughs> it's if you're, if you're listening to this, it's... Uh, a magnificent specimen of a dad shirt and a, just Thank a you. little bit of the the chest fro popping through love it oh yeah uh, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so yeah uh nicholas tifi he's out of there um we do appreciate everything you've done for us yeah thank you us, yeah. us being Christian, red bull employees yeah. <laughs> former red Christian bull employees regards <laughs> oh jesus uh who do you think is going in to well, replace him. Well, there's this talk about DeVries, right? And like everybody's sh- sh- everybody's shit hot on DeVries after he, you know, did a decent drive in that car. But uh, who knows? It sounds like Alpha Tauri, Hel- the good Dr. Helmet's looking to uh, maybe snag him if mm. Gasly wants to go to Alpine. And it seems like they're willing to let Gasly do his thing if they can secure their driver. So everybody's gone a little bit super excited about DeVries in a short period of time. So. Yeah, I, some people are talking about uh, Logan Sargent as yeah. well, aren't they? But Colton but didn't get the super license point concession, no, so he's Logan off this card. The super license points either, not officially until the season ends. Okay, so that's a, that's actually a gamble. So you you're, you're going to do one of those like super late Checo driver announcements where it's like, hey, oh, guess real. who's driving? It's me. Yeah, and if Nick DeVries is, you know, he's done Monza. More than likely going to do Singapore if we're being realistic. Uh, why don't you just turn around and say, sod it, why don't you just have the whole seat next year? Yeah. So Interesting. It's... Interesting. I will get to it. Are we getting to Albon later? Yeah, sure, little... why not? We'll do that later. Because I don't know what's going on. But yeah, 
but, well, nothing's we, officially been announced. No, but we talked about we talked about one of the Alpha Tauri seats. But we've got we've got the big man Yuki Tsunoda mm, confirmed for twenty three. Favorite favorite sweary man <sighs> Yuki secured the bag. Let's for go, man. Twenty three. Let's go. He's actually a genuinely nice dude. So I'm, I'm every every time we talk, I I don't hear anybody say anything bad about Yuki except he swears a lot. But I think it's it's awesome. I love it. Everyone swears a lot. They just seem to specifically clip those sections of Yuki's radio. Like you listen to anyone's driver radio, and you think they're about to get out of the car and start a fight with you. Yeah, like like in uh, F1 manager Yuki on his outlap. This car's shit. I'm like, I guess that they've just that's like the all first they... time you've driven it, son. Yeah, I guess that's all they've got to work with. It, the audio clips from the track, and it's just like Yuki swearing. Yeah, the car's fucking good. Okay, fine, Yuki. Okay, okay. But anyway, yeah. but anyway. So, well done him. Um, should we start a random conspiracy? Gone. Did hey, he I mean, get that to sweeten some future Honda deal? Ooh. Because he has some Honda backing, I believe. I. That's the impression I got. You know, because it... Yeah, I, I think Yuki does have some Honda connections. I don't... That's not substantiated anyway, but I'm pretty sure he does. So, maybe that's a... A little bit of foreshadowing of uh, future Red Bull powertrains collaborations in the future. After the Porsche deal, uh, somebody somebody got their hand caught in the cookie jar, and they said, "That's too many cookies. We're going to have yep. to uh, end this relationship early." Yeah, Honda and uh, Christian sat down. They said, "It's not you, it's me." They went out. They played the field, realized that the grass wasn't greener, and now yep. they are crawling back. Love it. It's like. Please, sir, can we have some more? But but I, I said this last time. It's like the Red Bull Honda thing is so good. It is so good. And then, you know, mm, Honda yeah. des- Honda's management decided they, they wanted out. So they're like, okay, fine. It's like, why do they keep hopping out when they're doing, when they're on the edge of, of greatness? You know, they're about to get their second driver's championship and their first constructors in a while. So, but was it not? not- literally one person high up in honda that just said no i don't feel like it anymore no while everyone else was just like what that that's usually how those kind of thing goes there's just one person that vetoes it it sounds like they've had a management change and they're like actually you know what formula one does sound pretty cool if you guys are going to burn some uh synthetic fake you know stuff in a couple years now we're winning yeah exactly change of the guard maybe and a new direction but that these these auto manufacturers just seem to be jumping in and out of motorsport back and forth formerly not formerly dtm not dtm sports mm. cars no yes no i don't know man but yeah could be a little yuki connection uh, a little foreshadowing yep. of the future plans with both alpha tauri and red bull racing i mean like another conspiracy is is honda considering buying a team could honda buy a substantial stake in Alpha Tauri to have a works team and then supply engines to Red Bull. Yeah, I was always under the assumption, and maybe I got it wrong, but I'm pretty sure Marco said in the press years ago that back when it was uh, Toro Rosso, I'm pretty sure he said, look, if anyone gives us enough money, they can have the team. I don't think they've ever been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Attached? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like one of those things. It's like 
And I guess nowadays, probably with the sister teams, with the, the restrictions on information access and data sharing, like, I, I don't know what you could do. Like, does that help them a lot? Does it not help them to to have a sister team? Because they're buying your gearboxes and some of your components that you're, you know, are regulated components that you can sell to other teams. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, is it more just a place to sit there, young drivers? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair bit. Like, you see Mercedes have that. You know, people are like, oh, Red Bull have too much control. But then you look at Mercedes, for example, they're putting their young drivers, Nick, through every single one yeah. of their teams that they supply. Like we said, Blessing, he's... Col- like, Thanos, he's going to come out with his Infinity yeah. Racing glove. Yeah, and he's going to snap his fingers and... Mm. I don't know what he's going to do if he snaps his fingers, but yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of influence that a works manufacturer has. They they run their chassis program, they run their engine program, and they've got a lot of young drivers through the young driver program. It's like, right, Aston, we'll cut you a deal. You can get a free engine. Um, stick this guy in your car. Uh, well, yeah, Willi- Williams, Alfa you, Romeo, Haas, yeah, yeah. So, Ferrari. That's pretty normal. We've got a... Yeah. But yeah. But you, Speaking be, of Haas... Yeah. Should we uh, talk about our favourite uh, fraudulent mid-driver of the last few years? And I always get shit for this, but Nico Hulkenberg. I love, I love Nico. Is... I love him too, but he's 37, man, and he's spent uh, he's my years age. out of sport. Would you... Do you feel like you're physically able to do a whole F1 season? No, I I went running this afternoon and I gave up after 15 minutes and walked there back home. There you go. I don't know. Hulkenberg. Uh, uh, he's a I, lovely yeah. guy. Did you work with him? Yeah, I was on the opposite car. So I was on Duresta's car. And I think he was in and out. So Duresta and Perez's car when he was in the team. Yeah, I mean, he was like, he was good. He was always good. Super nice dude. Switched on, but. I, I, I it's one of those things like Ferrari you're, you're not unlucky all the time yeah. you know so maybe something was a little bit lacking but he was a solid he was a solid driver um he yeah, was... I just think given the opportunity and the, and people out there I, I think it's better to either a stick with Mick yeah or just make a play for Danny Rick yeah like, I, I feel like if you get Daniel a different car, he'll probably be all right. But it sounds at this point like Daniel is, uh, he's taking a break next he's season. Out, yeah. I I, and let's let's be honest, man. We've talked about it before and people have taken the piss. But like, I was just looking back at some of the results. Daniel's usually, he's been a lot of second place finishes around Singapore. Like a lot of them. He's a bit, bit of a fucking dude. And um, Is he like uh, one to watch this weekend then? No, I don't think so. Not in that car, man. Not in not this Daniel this year. Not that car this year for him. Like I don't, I don't see the McLaren doing well around there either. But yeah, well, that'll disappoint our uh, high-profile McLaren listener. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, it's just, I'm, I'm not sure that they expect the car to go particularly well around there. And I don't think, um, I don't think he's, I don't think the Peak Honey Badger's there for Singapore this year, unfortunately. And it's a shame because. He yeah, brings he nice brings guy. something to the table that a lot of the other drivers like they just don't have in terms of mm. the charisma and how how fucking dorky the guy is and I and I love him for Mass- it. massive dong as well apparently wow yeah just wow. in case you want to know that info no I didn't I didn't actually right. Danny Fiat no. told me that really yeah 
Yeah, good we, When we went cycling on a team building exercise, we didn't get to share the shower at the same time, so I didn't I didn't get to witness that. But uh oh, I've so got some, I've got some video apparently... floating around of uh, us on the velodrome and Daniel Ricardo zooming past me on in Grinch and going around this 45 degree banking at 40 kilometers an hour. It was pretty dope. Yeah, so there you go, Danny Rick. If you're listening, Kvyat told me you've got a massive dong because apparently you uh, streaked into Danny Kvyat's changing room once. <laughs> it's the story he told me. Sounds fine. That sounds legit. It sounds like something he would do. Yeah, so. it does. It does. But fair enough. So from massive dongs to uh, massive dongs of tracks, Monaco has managed to blag its renewal until 2025. W. Um, How do we feel about that? Right. So but don't. I'll upset a lot of purists go on, here. Go on. Couldn't give a shit about Monaco. Yeah. Tell the them. Cars are too big. The yeah. Cars tell are them too why. Heavy. Yeah. Saturday is the only exciting part. Sunday yep. is fucking boring. Yep. Uh, it's a ball lake to work in because there's no fucking space. Yep. Uh, you don't even get to stay in Monaco. You all have to fucking sleep in Nice. I got to stay in Monaco. Yeah, you did because you're <laughs> fucking important. No, you I'm not. You your way into important. <laughs> oh, I just had a short 15 minute walk to the circuit, my friend. Oh, fuck off, man. No, I, I yeah. But that, like... Did you stay on uh, Max's sofa? No. Nah. No, I didn't. No. But that's that's one of those things. Like, it's a great, it's a great, event it's a shit race mm. it's a, such a cool event and like it's overpriced it's overhyped but the atmosphere and vibe you don't get anywhere else you know Abu Dhabi tried to replicate it inside the paddock but you're not in a city you're in a racetrack that just happens to have a marina in it whereas in Monaco you're actually in a marina that happens to have a racetrack built on the street through all these super cool places it's been talked about in movies films and pop culture for as long as it's existed but it's a shit race and uh, mm -hmm. it would be weird to have a calendar without it. But if it disappeared, I don't know if I would miss it. But, mm. but that's the funny thing, though. So that got announced indirectly. <laughs> they didn't even announce that Monaco got re-signed. The FIA or FOM or Formula One or whoever released the 2023 uh, calendar ahead of time. You know, like, here, right, here's the 24 race calendar. And people are like, China, maybe. Okay. And then like, wait. So you guys did a deal with Monaco, and they're like, "Oh yeah, about that." We forgot. Yeah, we I forgot to do. An hour the... later, they announce it. Oh, by the way, Monaco. Somebody, somebody hit send on that. They print it and sent it, and then they're like, "Fuck, did you yeah, did I, you announce I, Monaco I, uh, yet?" Nah, mate. You? Nah, mate. I heard that calendar was sent to the teams about two hours before they tweeted it. Wow. So hey. there was a lot of uh, unhappy people. Yeah, but anyway. There you go. But so we've got only a three-year extension on Monaco. What are you? What are you thinking about that? Not very long, considering no. we all talk about prestige and history. Um, I wonder if it was like a sort of concessions related. They've had to negotiate certain conditions for its renewal. So we know they used to. Um, they run their own t television direction. Which was shocking. Yes. Um, well, what else is they do? Oh, they got like these weird advertising deals that are specific to Monaco. Yep. So you end up having what is it like a Rolex uh, clock as the official F one timing, 
and then in the background there's a load of tag hoyer branding yeah that's a so, that's a weird one yeah weird little things like that and apparently it was the cheapest in terms of fees to f1 yeah i was just I imagine that's changed i was just reading that oh we've got a cat just joined us he's oh, hey, scratching cat. don't lick your butt on the podcast please buddy thank you no we'll keep it in though yeah okay um but yeah so i i read was reading that basically they were paying like monaco pays like half the fees of all the other tracks they pay and you know you've got like circuits like jetta and stuff absolutely literally rapid firing cash at Ooh. fom to have their you know race on the calendar and stuff like that so yeah i'm 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 happy to see it there and i hope we get some more cool events and i'd like to be able to go to a race there um would you yeah just to do it once as a as a dork as like a general punter or do you yeah, want to just, be blagging paddock no i i I'd, I'd like to be a dirtbag just chilling yeah yeah exactly oh, interesting interesting and then obviously well, lever- anyone's leverage my connections yeah i was gonna say if anyone's listening they can get us into monaco paddock um, I love the circuit. I've never bad mouthed it. It's a great race. Uh, and uh, oh if no one offers me Monaco paddock access, then uh, I'd rather shit in my hands and clap than go and watch a race there, to be honest. <laughs> oh, honestly, I just know a couple of restaurants and there's a couple of places outside of Monaco. Oh, and one just do. into Italy. So it's like, I'd, I'd like to go experience that and take, the, take my girlfriend for a nice the day. Life. Yeah, exactly. Life of a race engineer, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Exactly. Love Not it. Like us slumming senior systems engineers. Yeah, it's like you you're staying in the porta cabin in the in the parking garage, mate. Mm-hmm. With it's a like sleeping bag drive in, a... in. Not even allowed uh... to stay in the same country. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. wait. Here's um <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, we ranted about Monaco. Some of us are happy, some of us aren't. And some um, of us don't know how to feel. No, Genuinely. points points whoever can uh, guess on the postcard how i feel about it i've been quite coy about my feelings yeah but but that being said speaking of and i'll, and I'll hijack this for just a second i have bought tickets to the monaco grand prix i have secured a place or not monaco sorry i have bought i was gonna say what i've bought flights to austin for the grand prix i've got a place to stay for the week and I have nothing going on, and I am not sure I can find uh, access to the paddock and tr- or to the track for a reasonable amount of cash. Like three-day admission is insane, stupid cash. So I will be in Austin f- for the uh, Grand Prix, hanging out. I'm trying to find some connections to do some cool content at the track. But if nothing happens, I will be hanging out, drinking uh, cold beverages, and uh, Terry Black's getting some barbecue. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll be that will please the thirty percent of our podcast listeners who are American, which I found out. Hello, yeah, hello, our fellow Americans. One, our number one demographic, American. Love that, love that. We yeah. love you guys. Um, but yeah, so if any of you can get Blake into the uh, paddock again, yeah, I, I've had a couple years him. away. I've had what four years away and I'm ready to go back and feel the pain and smell the it's race fuel. It's got a good vibe, isn't it, Austin, around sort of the, uh, in the town or whatever city. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. I've never been myself. No, I, I love the place. I would, I would honestly live there if I could, but it's expensive and I'm a broke ass now that I don't have a real job. True, true. Uh, well, 
now we better start sponsoring the uh, doing the advertisement for our uh, penis enlargement. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, <laughs> got to get that cash. Got to get yeah, that cash. Exactly. Uh, so moving on from, I'm very, I'm very phallic orientated tonight, aren't I? Yeah, like, you, you're, you're getting cancelled, bro. What's that about? Not sure. Anyway, where were we? Tire blankets. 2024. Goodbye, tire blankets. Is that done oh. or is that TBC? Uh, no, I believe it's done. I think okay. it was part of the uh, uh, when the FIA released their World Motorsport Council. That's the nonsense I'm thinking of. WMC. Mm. Should we so, ask? Yeah. Should we ask Sterling what he thinks about the tire? Yeah, blankets? we should because for those that are listening on the podcast at the minute, uh, Blake's cat is currently trying to lick the back of his microphone. Buddy, buddy, what do you think about tire blankets? He thinks they're great, and well, they're a great, off. and they're a great way not to uh, race, waste a lot of race fuel. So uh, that's Sterling's take on it. And if you don't drink the uh, sneak energy, buddy, that stuff will uh, send you to the moon. 150 milligrams of caffeine for my cat? I don't think so. No, uh, I actually think uh, ditching tire blankets is a bit of a silly idea. Yeah, I thought I don't in... really see why we should have cars going out on track, which are basically effectively driving on ice for the first what lap so it makes the racing more entertaining does it or does it just mean everyone's avoiding a crash for the one lap well it, it, i've heard a couple of arguments and i'm not after i heard some of the arguments i actually took a step back because the initial take was it's like right in qualifying you're going to need several laps you know push 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 you're going to burn a lot more fuel and let's be honest the, the race fuel consumption is not a big factor in terms of Formula One's footprint in general. The uh, logistics and everything else are the biggest contributor to that. So mm. whether you do, you know, whether you're a qualifying run, you can do, you know, out and in, fine. Or, you know, whether, you know, you have to do three push laps to get the tires up to temperature to get a lap in, but who knows. Sterling does not agree. He thinks we should ban them because he's a little dork. But, get down, dork. Um, I, I think a lot of people are saying, take IndyCar for an example. It's actually not bad. You know, you have you, you do have a bigger warm-up period. You give you have different strategies. And my buddy who's a race engineer, he was like, it's, it's interesting because depending on the limitation of the circuit, you can have the overcut is more viable or the undercut is more viable and not like the super tight one where like they may or may not work. So my initial impression was it's a stupid, it's a waste of time. It's up to Pirelli to get the compounds right and make them work so that, you know, when you go out on a stint, you're not driving on ice for the first lap. Mm. Will Pirelli be able to do it in two years? Wow. I'm not. That's a very interesting question, and we'll wait and see what they come up with. But at the end of the day, you're just going to have a lower performance tire overall, I think. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Like you, You'll have to have it have a bigger window, thus a lower overall peak performance. But does it matter if all the car if all the cars get slower by the same margin? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, the good news is uh, this year the Japanese and the US Grand Prix are going to have uh, P2 extended to 90 minutes for Pirelli to do some testing for this future tire blanketless. So we're actually going to see them running Sands tire warmers on some Pirelli rubber in these sessions. I question. believe it's been question. Yeah, extended. The question, I believe it's been extended for this purpose for Pirelli to do some initial testing. Yeah, 
Um, and then apparently next year, I don't, I don't know if this is officially confirmed, but next year all of FP2 is going to be 90 minutes. Interesting. Uh, what's your take? I honestly, I hate watching FP2 when it's that long. I, I literally, it bores the shit out of me. When I watch yeah. FP2, I want to watch, right, let's go uh, medium tire, couple laps, fill out the car, do some setup changes, soft tire, couple laps, and then let them get maybe barely eight laps on a high fuel run to get a fuel for the race. And then you have all these people making all these mistakes, no names Ferrari in the race with their strategy and their pace predictions on different tires. And we have, well, that's not good because it's just for, you know, it's Ferrari messing up more often than not, which is bad, mm. but it, I, I think it does add variability throughout. That's only accentuated because it's just Red Bull and Ferrari up at the top and Mercedes is like, well, if you guys fuck up, we'll take those points off you for now. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, we'll take it. Yeah, go on. Uh, what do you, what do you 90 think? minutes, FP2. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll take it because uh, when it used to be on in the factory, I used to enjoy sitting around doing nothing for 90 minutes. <laughs> And when they brought it back down to 60, I was fuming. That's yeah. half hour that I lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I, ju I just don't find them particularly uh, stimulating as sessions to watch because there's nothing happening. You know, it's like it's it's you're watching the teams with very little insight into what they're actually doing. And you're just making some observations like, oh, there's cars driving around the track now. So, yeah, you know, you know would make it better if they actually had someone on commentary that had experience with run plans and things like that. So they mm -hmm. can actually tell you what the fuck's going on rather than just he may be on a push lap. He who knows? Oh, he's doing a burnout in the garage for some reason. So <laughs> why is he doing that? His curse system's on fire and there's a fuel bowser on fire. What what yeah. test is that? Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah, I just don't. I, I mute the sessions like when I'm doing watch alongs on my stream on Twitch. Uh, break on Twitch, by the way. Live watch alongs oh, on the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Got to get that plug in. You got to eat. Yep. But no, you know, like. Yeah, and we're, and we're actually doing this podcast live over here anyway. So if you're recording next week, follow us on Twitter and everything else, and you will know when we're going live. And then you can watch the podcast on YouTube. And then after you're done watching our beautiful faces, you can go back and listen to it. And then if you haven't had enough yet, you can go and consume all the short form content on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube Shorts. But I don't know, man. I I just can't. I can't do 90 minute sessions, bro. I'll add to that. If you come oh. and watch us live. I'll put another amazing dad shirt on for you. Ooh, I think hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, if that doesn't get him in, nothing will. Nothing will. 50% of the time, it works every time. Exactly. Is that shirt by Sex Panther, that one? Uh, I think it may have like a Sex Panther on it somewhere. Oh it? my God, it is. Look at that. <laughs> oh my. You know what it smells like? Do you want to smell a vision? Uh, mm, disappointment and cigarettes. Yeah, That's what <laughs> and day like. old cappuccino. Yeah, <laughs> and diet is that diet coke? Uh, it is today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Couldn't couldn't find any rich energy. No. No. No way. So here's here's a good one from uh, I saw this article and it was translated from a German publication, and it was a Ross Braun talking about uh, comparing Mick to. Max. And the quote was something like, Max's big advantage over Mick is that his father was also here in the Netherlands, but he didn't win, wasn't a world champion seven times, and isn't an icon like Michael in Germany. And I, I, I read that quote, and I was like, I need to go find the whole article. And I went and found the article, and that was a, you know, it wasn't like, you know, a couple lines jammed together. 
I was just like, what is this? Like, is that somebody's take? And it's like, that's Ross Braun that said that. And I was like, okay, Ross is pretty sound usually, but like, so what he's saying is Max's main advantage is that his dad wasn't a seven-time world champion. I was like, or you could just look at their racing career and say that Max is probably pretty good and Mick's probably not bad, but his, uh, his, his, let's say his trajectory right now is not looking as good. There's still time, but I'm just not seeing Mick as a world destroyer. And I don't think, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the pressure. And then in the same article, he talked about how he was good at dealing with pressure. So it's like, which one is it? Yeah. And maybe, and maybe that was a weird translation or something, but I had people in my DMs on Instagram, which is where I shared that. And they were, they were like, yeah, absolutely. That's how that works. I'm like, cool. So you should definitely get hired as a driver psychologist or something because you, you, you've definitely unlocked this. And that's obviously why uh, Mick Schumacher isn't a world champion right now or on yeah. his way to be. Yeah, I, I didn't read all of it. Um, I saw that initial quote and same thoughts as you. I was a bit confused why that's come out of Ross Braun's mouth. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure what he's actually trying to say there. I think he's uh, having a senior moment, bless him. <laughs> yeah, but that actually, like, th there was somebody, somebody slid into my DMs, like somebody I don't know, which is super weird. Like, if it's Twitter comment but don't send me a dm on instagram man i don't know you and he was like it's because max isn't very good i was like and he went on and elaborating on all this other stuff and i was like okay that's my cue to get off instagram for the month never again i'm not sharing any more thoughts on that i thought f1 twitter was bad f1 instagram is yeah so everyone can find break on instagram at break and uh slip into his dms he loves it please don't that's break with three R's, but don't. Or, or offer offer me your best. We'll do a segment. I'll I'll put up a story later on uh your best F one conspiracy theory. Like Max is shit. Uh, he's just lucky. That's and, not conspiracy. That's fact. Oh, uh, fine. Yeah, but he's he's washed as well and mid. So. Yeah, yeah, mid. <sighs> Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> anyway, should we get should we get onto the Singapore sling? preview we don't have fraud watch this week but we'll just no, go we don't. We just wanted some backing to that yeah exactly the uh, <sighs> lem sips kicked in That's yeah let's like. go i'm about to get some sneak energy and just mainline it yeah uh singapore last raced in 2019 thanks to covid at 2019 i can't believe it's that long ago it's mental isn't it i hate you covid yeah there's going to be people in here on listening to this that weren't even watching F1 when we last raced in Singapore. That's cool. That's and, actually pretty cool. Yeah. And if that's you, big yourselves up. Welcome. Welcome to your first Singapore event. Welcome. It's Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. I hate driving it in the games because I just bounce it off the walls. <laughs> yeah, but go on. But, you know. So, yeah. Apparently, I say apparently, it is, but... To using your expert race engineering background, are you warmed up? You ready? Yeah, we're good. Sorry, I just had to fire up. Why, why is Singapore regarded as one of the most demanding circuits we visit? It's hotter than a some bitch, man. It's humid. It's hot. Uh, lots of corners. How many corners are on the track? 
I don't like honestly I'm a fraud I don't remember these things I can look at it, there's a lot of corners it's a super physical street circuit it's hotter than hell and it's humid as fuck and uh the that is one of those things where the drivers will tend to lose a lot of fluids through perspiration during the event and uh it takes it a bit out of you I mean, like you do have the benefit of formula one cars do have power steering whereas like when f2 and stuff would race here they don't have power steering those guys yes their races are shorter but those guys are getting absolutely beasted but yeah it is considered one of the most demanding circuits on the grid specifically for a combination of that like malaysia used to be pretty tough as well malaysia was a high speed track in similar conditions often raced during the day singapore's at night where it's still pretty it's cooled off a bit but uh you, you walk it humid yeah i remember my favorite thing about not my least favorite but memorable thing about singapore is you stay in the city you walk to the track for most people right i would wear a white t-shirt and my shorts you know my team kit shorts by the time you get to the circuit you need to take another shower because you're sweating so profusely so mm. i you know i i would take a hand towel from the room I would have to change that shirt as soon as I got in and put on my race top. Yep. But I would also have to towel down just to get all the sweat off of me before that. And I remember one one particular story where engineers are not allowed to wear shorts during sessions. Ah, I so, remember this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know why. It's a, it's a team thing. And I know there's other things like certain teams. Um, like if you're on the pit wall, you have to wear trousers. You cannot wear shorts on the pit wall. So engineers had to wear shorts. And... uh. That was just the rules. Like, just just do it. Engineers are wearing shorts. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. So I I remember very clearly once, because in between sessions, I was like, well, it's super hot in here. Yes, we have an air-conditioned room. The air conditioner is probably failing in this room, but I'm going to go ahead and put my shorts on in between <laughs> sessions because it's just swampy. Everybody does it. So I'd be the first one back into the engineering room, and I'd just drop my trousers, change, throw some shorts on, and then continue you know, debriefing the session and getting on with it. But then for FP2 one day, I walk out to the garage not thinking about it and i spend the entire session in shorts and i walk back to the office i'm like oh shit Uh-oh. i never nobody ever nobody ever said anything to me because i'm i'm you know good break so nobody i don't do bad things but i never got bollocked for that so that was good oh. but it's 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 hot the blake good boy award yeah oh my god never gets in trouble with hr nope never got in trouble with jonathan for wearing shorts instead of trousers <laughs> It's probably because I've got really nice calves. Maybe. Maybe he enjoyed looking at them. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, 23 corners in answer to your uh, previous question. Thanks to the power of Wikipedia. Google it. And uh, Kevin Magnussen holds the record still from 2018. Race lap or quality lap? Yeah, race race lap record, yeah. Is he all right? K-Mag. Suck my balls. Mm. (laughs) Classic (laughs) K-Mag. <laughs> oh dearie me. And uh yeah, so here's a little bit of fun trivia for you. When uh in twenty fifteen, was you did you go there for twenty fifteen? Yep. Yeah, that was my first year at Red Bull. So apparently there was this quirky little issue where I think it was around turn seventeen. It's the metal where... bridge. It's the old iron wrought iron bridge in yep. the second and third sector. Yep. So when the cars went over it, apparently there was loads of weird signal distortion. Yep. And they could never figure out what it was. Apparently it was, some people said it was the electrical lines were too close to the surface under the road or whatever, bridge, whatever, train lines. I don't know. Did, we, did there ever like a... 
I don't remember talking about that after the first couple of years because I remember it was a topic where there's like a shitload of electrical interference and you definitely, definitely would often have sketches with telemetry. But yeah, there was issues with like, um, you know, hydraulics system, hydraulics sensors uh, going haywire and like, you know, you don't want to be upshifting during, uh, you know, if one of your clutch position or gear shift barrels is uh, not in the right spot because that mm. that translates to Bang. kaboom. Yeah, big, big, big bada boom. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Like I remember talking about it, and then like down the road, maybe when they switched to a different um, telemetry system, that wasn't an issue. But if it was, you know, interfering with sensors on the car, that's a a pretty serious, you know, no electromagnetic, bueno. a pretty serious electromagnetic interference. But that's weird. But it was that. It's uh, whatever the big iron, old iron bridge is. Anderson Bridge. Don't know. Don't know. Are you looking at a map right now? Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was a fun little thing for those of you that are new that may not know that little uh, amusing bit of trivia. And apparently they had to reinforce parts of the car with electromagnetic shielding or something. Ooh. Basically. Some, some, some speed ballast. Tin foil. Tin foil hats. Mm, oh, my yes. God. Oh my they put god! Some tin foil hats on the cars to protect them. To protect it from F one XED. Uh huh. Exactly. That's a that's an interesting one. That that'll take us back. We'll just hop on that one. The original tin foil hat that didn't actually wasn't actually a tin foil hat. It was actually a thing. Mm. Does any does everybody know about two thousand and eight Singapore, aka Renault Crashgate? Featuring the original, the original F1 Ixed or Fixed. How do you pronounce it? I'll just say Fixed. I say F1 Ixed. Because <laughs> wow. it's so stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nel Nelson PK Jr. Uh, was instructed to uh, shunt the car so Flonzo could, could win. And then uh, after he got let go from the team in Hungarian Grand Prix in 2009, he... <laughs> Fucking sold them out. Yeah, just <laughs> and, went straight to like, was it the, the FIA or the press? Which is like, oh, by the way, I crashed on purpose. Yeah, they, the Fl Flavio made me do it. So Flavio yeah. got what a couple years banned. Um, that that blows my mind that like that could happen, and you could be involved in that level of sports fixing. And then there's all the lads on the yachts in Monaco. It's like, hey, Domenicali, Flavor, Flav, yeah, Christian. We've forgotten you know, all about ben, it. All, all, the, all the lads. It's like, you guys you guys are icons of the sport. Thank you so oh, much yeah, for all your yeah, contributions, yeah. including Crashgate 2008. But yeah, the, the, those those new fans don't know about that, but you know about the real F1 Ixed. Yeah. That is Singapore the original. 2008 Crashgate. If you're new to the sport, go, go look that up. And there's some funny footage as well. I'm not sure if it was the... Uh, to the grid formation lap, or maybe it was in practice, but he's actually practicing spinning out on that corner no it's like an identical no. style crash that he rehearses obviously not hitting the wall yeah it's like so right he knows right, what just to keep do. it closer mate not this time yeah. but like we'll get ready for that yeah what, it's, let's see, uh, it's if, wild for any of our podcast listeners the super savvy ones you know that you're the kind of dude that will anybody talks about you to formula one you tell them i've been watching since the 80s um mm. and you obviously know everything all the way back to the 50s so if any of you guys are listening Leave us a leave us a little comment on Twitter. Let us know what the the oldest yeah you're fixed, fucking nerds yeah the oldest F one ixed 
scenario you can think of. We've gone only back to 2008. That's not that long ago, really. That's like what... I still feel like 2008 was like four years ago. How, how, old, how old was you in 2008? Here you go. This is what's going to make you feel old. I was 23. Was you okay? I was 20, so... Yeah. We're not that far apart. No. <laughs> but yeah, we need to... Uh... We need to we need to find the original F one X. So in any of you dorks, uh, let us know. Let us know what the original fixed was. The Prost and Senna crash was probably quite controversial, wasn't it? I suppose. And there was the was it Michael Schumacher and Damon Hill? Yeah, that was that shunt dive. Had. Yeah, yeah. But like all so these people it's, coming it's into weird sp- things have definitely happened in the past. Yeah. But like people coming into sport and like upset about last year it's like i get why people are upset about last year you should probably be upset about last year because that you know the FIA did that to themselves but this stuff's this isn't new this is not new there's there's too many peanuts to play for and people will do a lot of weird stuff but anyway anyway what else we got about singapore i uh, I, I would this is actually if anybody's listening this was this is a racetrack that i would love to go back to because the street food is awesome the circuits at you know the races at night. So when you're done at the race, you're going out, and so let's say it was like Saturday night, qualifying's over. You go back, you have a shower, you go out. It's like f thirty in the morning, and then you're going to like you know down to get some street food, and like everything's like just shutting up, and everybody's pissed coming out of the bars and everything else, and you're just like I'm just looking for a couple of beers, and everybody's like already on one because you've been at the track for several hours after qualifying was over, and then got back and showered. But honestly, uh, Singapore is a spectacular event. I uh, have a big soft spot for uh, cheap, shitty street food and dim sum. Yeah, this just raises a good question, actually. We've had a few questions from people, and we will go through them in a bit. But while you're on the topic, there were a few questions of people that are going out there Ooh. for recommendations. Now, Ooh. my sort of recommendation, Orchard Towers, is, is you know... Don't take your kids. Maybe, yeah, don't take your kids to that one. Uh, but yeah, you got any favorite places you can recall? Uh, what were the um, the food halls or the food courts called? Like where all the street foods? Oh my God, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, there was some alleys, um, Clark Keys, a bunch of clubs and bars. That was fun. There's, I remember, uh, what year was that? 2014 or 15. I went out with um, our senior tire engineer from Force India it's just me and him. Super nice dude. And uh, we're like walking around looking for this Japanese restaurant that his friend recommended him. And we end up going in a really, really dodgy shopping mall, which, you know, everything in the shopping mall is closed. And there's like a lot of adult stores in that. And then ultimately we get up like the fifth floor. And then around this corner of this dark alleyway, there's this like really nice Japanese restaurant. We have a great meal and it's like, you know, 1230 at night. I was like, this is this is bizarre. Um, the street food is good. There is a one Michelin star noodle place somewhere that some of the guys went to one year that was awesome. And then uh, apparently, what is it? The crab? What's the crab? You know, what I'm talking about the Singapore. The um, oh come on, fucking clue the, the spicy cra- the spicy crab. It's like a, it's a local specialty. Um, yeah, that's and what you get from Orchard Towers, isn't it? No, not crabs. It's a singular large oh. crab. They're not the the, the Orchard Lobster. Towers. No, it's it's a crab, bro. Um, I thought you did. I thought you were saying you forgot the word for lobster. No, no, it's um. I if anybody's right, spicy spicy crab. The, 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 the local crab thing. Just Google it. I'm googling it right now. Hell, 
Where's my keyboard? Anyway. Singapore spicy crab. What's that? Chili crab. Chili crab, yeah. That's like that's like a, a local thing. It's chili crab. So Singapore chili crab. Is you've got to get okay, you've cool. got to get that. Uh, you've got to hit some, find some street food, get some dim sum, uh, check out the food courts, have a blast, have fun. Local crab thing is now in somebody's search history. Thanks, yep. thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you get crabs in Singapore? Hmm. The spicy <laughs> ones. Yes. Anyway, what else we got about Singapore? I mean, uh, like infamous twenty seventeen. Oh, the Ferrari, Ferrari collision! Sandwich. The 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 two the two Ferraris and a teenager involved in a mm -hmm. a young Max Verstappen <laughs> in the middle of the receiving end of two elderly gentlemen. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! And then Ferrari's tweet is still up about that. How does that tweet go? It's like this is not you know this this is a description of factual events. It's not up for speculation. I'm like, and they've left that one in. They yeah. they they full they've... sent they sent F1 Twitter. They set it alight. They set it on yeah. fire. Oh yeah, that was that was like one of the uh, original OG copy pastas. That was. Yeah. Was that not a wet race start as well? It was wet going into drying, I believe. Okay. Yeah, but like, speaking of speaking of, then we might have a little bit of weather this weekend. So that was a, a, a moist grid, and mm. we could have some moist Saturday Sunday action this year Ooh. as well, which. Which is going to make for a pure fucking chaos in Singapore. Oh my god, I I I'm I'm thriving on chaos and instability yeah. right now in racing. So yeah. So uh, what else have we got? 2008 Crashgate, the famous Ferrari shunt of 2017. Uh, ah, there was. Go on. I was going to say there was 2016. So, in twenty, this is not well known, obviously. So here you go. Here's here's one of my tales from Ooh. behind the curtain. Oh my god, you're gonna like this. Let's just do a segment for this one. On. And you may remember this one. Go on. Was you out in Malaysia for 2016? Yeah, boy. Okay, you might you might be familiar with this if you can recall. So some genius during pack down of Singapore 2016 left all the racks out in the pit lane. And then there was like this torrential monsoon rain like they oh. get. So some genius decided <sighs> and didn't not not to tell anyone that all these racks were now soaking wet. They got packed into air freight or whatever it was. It was definitely air if it was IT racks, it was air freight yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh then they decided, well, as it when they were up in the air, they're sort of condensating recondensating evaporating you know yeah they're... so by the time they got out in malaysia everything was rusted to fuck they booted up the racks like <clears> half <throat> of the kit worked everything else just blew instantaneously so malaysia 2016 the race where we took a one two with uh who was it at the time in 2016 it'd have been max and daniel wouldn't it yep yeah that was a good race yeah that whole event in malaysia was run on like a hope and a prayer in terms of all the servers and kit in the background. Because oh, yes. I remember having to pull like nearly a 48-hour shift in Milton Keynes in the ops room, oh. just waiting for things to start blowing up and yeah, doing he, what I can remotely to fix it. Backup plan, reboot, fire it up, finger yeah. blast it from across the ocean. 
Oh my god, dude. What? That's my happy Singapore memory. Uh, yeah, it wasn't four floors then I got you. But yeah, that's dude, that's one of those things like those pack downs, if it pisses down. So don't yeah, put the trouble. Don't put the racks in the pit lane until No. But you know what? These things happen. I'm I'm sure they haven't done it since then. But yeah. No, they just dropped them off of forklifts, but that'd be that that'd be we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. So here's here's something that we we've talked about before. Before I think we'll, we'll both have some predictions for this event. But before we get to predictions, this is another one of those high downforce circuits. You will put the biggest, dirtiest, nastiest rear wing barn door that you can on the car to go yeah. as fast as hell through the corners. Mercedes have done very well in Hungary, albeit Ferrari had a bit of a shit fight and Max didn't get a lap in. But Mercedes did George did put it on pole there. That sounds weird to say that out loud. Hungary. Sorry, I lost you for a second there. Oh, okay. I just said Hungary. Russell. Yep. Mercedes, yeah. Yeah. And like that sounds weird to say that. I was like, wait, Russell got a pole this year? Question? Yeah, I forget that too, yeah. 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 Kind of like Williams finishing third in the Constructors' Championship in 2015. I don't know why that keeps coming back up. I, I just, mm. That just blows my mind, man. So, Mercedes have gone well. Um... In, in low fuel pace at Zanvoort, they've gone well in low fuel pace at Hungary, two low down four circuits. Now we're coming up on Singapore. People are gassing them up. And I'm I'm thinking they will be closer because we've got like, for example, at Spa and Monza, the Temple of Speed and the uh, the Temple of Almost Cancelled Race for the future. Yep. Red Bull Ferrari were quick in a straight line. Red Bull, surprisingly, not the fastest in a straight line around Monza. They put a little bit of a, a little bit of a rear wing on the car there for the race. Yeah, which, uh, I wonder if that's because the lower downforce wing. Did you see the DRS actuator kept imploding on it? So yeah. I wonder if they had to revert to a uh, more reliable design for that. Oh, that's a that's an interesting point because it, when when you look back at it, it looks like they did something quite clever because actually putting a little bit more downforce on the car, they had great traction. Uh, the Red Bull did go quite well around Monza with a higher downforce package, and Ferrari didn't really have an answer in terms of tire degradation. So, Mercedes, are they going to go well or not in Singapore? I think they will go better than they did in Monza, but I'm unless the wins too far. Yeah, I, I think your beard's safe, honestly, mate. Okay. Unless, unless we've got a you know another redhead sandwich. Oh, on a, on a 24 year old Carlos Max Verstappen. Charles yeah exactly but they're slamming all... into Max at the start yeah exactly it's like guys you can go to the club afterwards and slam on whoever you want but yeah. let's let's it's a wet race imagine that imagine that I don't want to manifest this but another moist grid start and a DNF turn one well if that happens then it's all your fucking fault isn't it really I've you, just said you've it willed this into existence I've said it I, I'm also careless, and I thrive on chaos right now. So, true, very true. It's, but I, so, I think I don't think I think the only way Mercedes are going to win around Singapore, and Singapore's probably going to be one of their better chances of doing so, is if both Ferrari and Red Bull have a disaster. Because in terms of single lap pace, Hungary is as close as they've is the best they've done, which is a great qualifying result. But. Neither the Ferrari or Red Bull really had that hooked up. And yes, yes, they did get caught out in there on the back foot the whole weekend, but I'm not seeing it, honestly. And, and if it does happen, I'll happily eat that. You know, but 
I just don't see it. Honestly, if I was going to put money on it, I would say... <sighs> Look, give me your prediction first. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've gone for Charles for the victory. Race victory, okay. Just to spice things up in terms of the, the, the championship. It's all up. It's all but over, let's be honest. Yeah, it's but, done. It's done. You know, maybe a little cheeky Ferrari win just to just to Ooh. keep people on tender hooks a bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Max in second, and then a cheeky little Russell shithouse podium again. Mm-hmm. In oh, go on, lad. Go on, lad. Governor. Blimey. Blimey. I... I'm thinking... I'm hoping we're going to have a Perez back up in the mix this weekend. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping, but I'm not sure. I think Max is going to take the dub here, but I do not think he's going to take the championship. So I think Leclerc will be in the mix as well. Uh but I think this is I think this is a Max W. Uh Leclerc P2 extending the Max hype train. Yeah, I'm going to I'm I'm fully committed. What would it be? That would be his sixth win on the bounce, would yes, it? Yes, number 6. So he needs, he needs five. No, he needs four more to tie Seb for his nine in a season. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. What are the next races we got coming up? Is that possible? Must be. Yeah, it's 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 he's got plenty. We got Singapore, J- Japan. That's that could easily win there. Yeah. The US could easily win there. Mexico and Brazil, they're dead certs almost. Yeah. So yeah, if he wins in Singapore. We could be on, boys. Could be on. Let's simply lovely. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I'm my. I'm gonna go with my prediction: Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. Okay. So that's it. There you go, Tifosi. I'm the only one here that's given you hope. I I don't believe in them. They don't. They haven't given me any reason to believe in them. I don't know if Charles no, believes in kind. them. I don't know if Science believes in himself. Uh Science just seems more happy than anything when he has a good result. He's like, oh, really? We did okay. And he's not bad. He's a he's a decent peddler, man. So mm. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway. Well, I th- I think that wraps us for our our, our Singapore yeah, little preview. So. I'm really looking forward to uh shooting that the podcast after Singapore. Probably do that next Monday, same time, same place. Um mm-hmm. I, I I hope I hope 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 that we've got some absolute shithousery to uh, digest after oh, the yeah. Singapore Grand Prix. Don't oh my god! Cars. Yeah, F one X Part Three this yeah, season. Yeah. We've had Sunoda. We've had all the all the say all the fixing has been done already. Nicholas Latifi crashing in the same place that Nelson PK did, so Max could win the race. Yeah, that'd be Chef's kiss. Yeah. Mwah. Another Ferrari strategy meltdown. Do we right? We've we've run the medium tires, and there's five laps to go. Do we fit the softs or the intermediates? It's dry. We'll fit the half full wets. Half. Full wets. Yeah, three 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 softs and one intermediate. Yep. Uh, you can't really do that because the intermediates uh, have a taller tread depth. So, so you'd be yeah. like you'd be like on this, you know, three legged stool. Every single sensor on the car would shit itself, basically. Question? Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you want to... Should we dig into the Q&A? So we, we yeah. put out a feeler from on Twitter, and I put out a feeler on Instagram, and I lost access to the answers because Instagram is one of the best social media platforms on the internet. Uh, follow us at Engine Breaking on every social media outlet possible. Um, but yeah, 
Let's, let's go to our... Oh, I need to get a different sound. Q&A. Thanks, I went to the countdown tune there, but why not? Thanks, Michael. We love you, bro. Yeah, yeah. big up, Michael. Right, let's get involved. Question, question one from Manan Shah. Apologies, I've probably butchered. I'm going to butcher all these names. I'm Me too. Shit. Uh, how are the control electronics for some teams more reliable than others when they are all sent by McLaren Applied Sciences? Flavio Briatore actually gets to pick out of a hat who gets the reliable units and who doesn't. Ah, okay. Tinfoil hat cool. removed. Cool. I thought it was just various ways of managing heat, but your answer sounds much more fun. Actually, since you're not actually shit, I was saying you actually have the right answer. That gone. I was right. I, I, that's probably a strong factor is thermal okay. management. I'm right. Thank you. All right, I'll get the right. I'll get the pen and paper out. We'll get the tallies going. Yeah, one nil. Uh, how many cans of Red Bull did you drink on a race weekend from Shirag B? But I think to, to answer that question concisely, um, all the, all the electronics supplied by McLaren should be identical, and they will be identical. Um, there's variability. Invariably, things will fail, and there's a probability that anything can fail. Um, but also, a lot of those sensors, they need to be properly managed in terms of thermal. So teams will come up with their own cooling solutions for, you know, the number of times you sat in the garage and people are like, uh, can we put the ECU fans back in? When those things are stationary in the garage, especially at a hot place like uh, Singapore, uh, you can melt an ECU if you leave it on. It just generates that much heat. It needs act. It's they're passively cooled, so they are only cooled when the car is moving through the air, or you've got a leaf blower plugged down a hole, um, blowing them. Yeah, and uh, Slow Dog just said in the chat, even down to the connectors, they're all the same. Yes, mate, they are. Yep. Yep. All yeah, those will be, those be spec. Parts. Yep. So. That is that is one way that the control electronics um, is, it will be installation specifics across teams. Yes. So, how many cans of Red Bull did you drink on a race weekend, Blake? I tended to go for coffee um, in the evening on a Friday night. I really, really enjoyed a Red Bull cola, which I think oh. I think some people hate it. I I. I, I enjoyed a couple Red Bull Colas. Um, if it was a test or a, a, a big one, I'd have probably no more than a can a day just because I don't I don't drink that much. I don't drink sugary drinks ever. Hardly. Listen. I, let listen. me tell you. I used listen, to slam, listen, son. I used to slam about four of those sugar-free Red Bulls a day. Go on, they man. were free. They were free, you know? And yeah, I just slammed the shit out of them. <laughs> which leads nicely into our next question from Jobberfin, who goes the last time you actually drank a Red Bull. And I'll tell you, since leaving Red Bull, I've only drank two. <laughs> really? Because I will not fucking pay £1.89 for such a tiny drink. You gotta I I I just I'm just gonna hold up my uh Yeah, go on, plug plug the uh my little sneak energy shaker here. Yeah. Yes, boys. Um Ooh. Yeah. I this guess is, you probably don't. I guess you haven't drink then. Don't drink either then. I I don't I don't buy fizzy drinks. I, I I've saved my pennies to buy an ice uh, ale every now and then, and all I've got is canned Guinness, oh, which I've been you're... informed by an Irish person that you should never drink canned Guinness. I'm like, well, I don't want to go down to the pub tonight, so I'm having Guinness out of a can. Yeah. So there you go. Blake is a like craft beer wanker that. Uh, your friends warned you about 
I'm not like the other guys, I promise. This is the double dry hop New England IPA. <laughs> uh, speaking of, well, let's interrupt the Q&A. What do we, what, we need to have like some kind of milestone or achievement for the podcast whereby if we hit this goal, we will actually do a live stream podcast from my garage and yep. we'll, we'll get a couple beverages in. Uh, we'll make okay. it, a, we'll make it a long one. And uh, yeah. yeah, so, so I, I don't know what that is, but we'll, we'll get some nice craft ales. Uh, we'll put on our finest dad wear. It'll probably be yep. freezing balls in my garage, and we record yeah. an episode uh, together, IRL, of the yep. Engine Breaking Podcast from my makeshift meth lab slash microbrewery slash uh, tool storage garage. Am I allowed to wear shorts or do I have to wear trousers? Um, well, if, if we get the pit wall installed in the garage, it'll have to be trousers for health okay. and safety. But Just checking. Otherwise, it's got to be Daisy Dukes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, Blake, all shorts look like fucking Daisy Dukes on me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a small lad. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Right. Um, but I, I think that'll have to happen. So on the craft beer, maybe maybe if we have any of our friends at um, one of my favorite craft beer places listening, you know who you are. Um, we'd love to drink your beer. Anyway. Yeah, Blake's being very polite. What I'm saying is give us your fucking money. <laughs> And I'll hawk any shit you want. Uh, no way, bro. No way, bro. Right. So, Works Like Magic asks, can you tell for sure in testing if a new car is a real dud and the season will suck or if there's a permanent sense of hope that a breakthrough will come during the season? What have we What have we learned about this over the last couple of years from preseason so, testing? Uh, where Red Bull now do this like filming day in Silverstone, um, what we all tend to do is about three o'clock in the morning. We all stand around the car. Um, then we chant some Austrian hymns and then crack a Red Bull on the top of yeah. the car. And depending on which way the Red Bull runs down the side pod, tells us if it's going to be a good year or a bad year. That's my way of saying I have no fucking idea. What's your answer? <laughs> well, that's 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 actually epic. I love that. Um I think I thought it was when you cracked the Red Bull and you poured it over the car. If it turned into blood, you knew it was a good year. Wasn't this? Uh, yeah. Or you've just cut yeah. your hand open on the tin. And, yeah, that's uh... more like it. Yeah. Composites are <laughs> fucked up and they've not sanded down the carbon and you just cut your fucking hand on something. Oh my God. I think like from the filming day, you're not telling shit from the filming day. You're going out to make sure the sensors work, the suspension's in the right spot and everything else. And then winter testing... You know, we, we we thought Mercedes were looking pretty pretty handy this season in winter yeah. testing, and we showed oh up God. in the first race, and it's like, oh my God, no side pods! Oh my God! Yeah, oh, but no, no, they, can, no, they we'll showed keep the side pods. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, but they showed up the first one with the A spec car, then rolled up with the zero pod car, and it's like you, you know, it's hard to tell what people's programs are. You know, in race weekends, they're much more clear if somebody's on the pace or not, and even like some events, yeah, you don't. You, you don't know until you get to qualifying to see, you know, what, what cards they're playing. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Mercedes didn't look that far off in testing, and they've had a, a abysmal start to the year compared to where they were. They're getting closer, but you, honestly, you can't really tell in winter testing. Like, you can tell if it's going to be, if it's if it's atrociously shit, and the drivers are like, mate, this is undrivable. I can't get the tires working. The balance is terrible. It's unpredictable. Fine. But, um, 
you have i think you have a good idea in testing where you might be but realistically i don't remember one time ever going into winter testing and being like oh yeah this thing's gonna be an absolute beast and then showing up and it was an absolute beast you're like it looks pretty good and as far as we can tell we're probably competitive then you rock up to the first event you get absolutely fucking slapped down usually with reliability issues not usually yeah, but like a it, double dnf perhaps yeah exactly so bahrain nice this year nice beating nearly beating ferrari in the championship with one driver now nice Troll, but, uh, low, low, low. yeah exactly so uh guan guan w again butchered that don't give yep. a shit uh we it's actually pronounced dropped... steve by the way steve okay big steve asks <laughs> uh you both dropped f1 because of the schedule uh do you think the new 24 race calendar and possibly even more once the concord agreement runs out will make it so that the personnel turnover becomes insanely high it already is high Ooh. to my knowledge yeah um I, I, I again this this is my idea i keep sort of repeating if they want to add more races they need to put a um exemption or adjustment to the uh budget cap that allows for rotation of staff absolutely you're going to need more personnel and they're going to be specialized and they're going to be expensive and you need to be able to pay people a rate yeah i mean they can fucking have 48 races a year as far as i'm concerned i don't give a shit as long as someone's only doing 50 percent of them and then someone's doing the other 50 percent yeah but i mean like to, to clarify that like I didn't drop F1 because of the schedule. Like I, you know, to, to some extent, yes, but to, to, for the most part, even if it was a 12 race championship, I'd probably still not be doing Formula One. You know, mm. if, if, you know, I might've stayed in the track side role a bit longer if it was 12 races. Um, but, you know, 2022 races was a bit too much for me. And I was like, I'd like my weekends back, please. I don't want to spend half the year on the road. Yeah. I mean, but, you dropped it because you got sacked, right? Yeah, I got sacked for... Um, yeah, same. Same. Wait, I'm just, I'm still trying to remember. Like, I've actually never had a howler that I fucked up anything. You got sacked because you played Mario Kart on the simulator. Yeah, true. Okay, that's a good one. What, what was yeah. your story? Uh, my story was uh, I accidentally used the uh, executive bathroom next to Christian's office and left the uh, dookie in there that didn't flush. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. But, but like, but like, seriously. Yeah, that, that's actually a fireable offense. But um, I don't. Yeah, like, I, your take on that I think is perfect. You know, you if you if you increase the races, then you need to increase the number of personnel. Otherwise, you're gonna have a huge turnover and just you know, people are gonna get super pigeonholed, never be able to leave. And it's just like it's not it's not gonna be sustainable for anybody. And let's not let's, people are like oh the poor race engineers and drivers. It's like no. That's not how far it extends. Like all the other trackside personnel, all the factory personnel required to support those things, they'll be like, oh, just do more hours. And it's like, hmm, how about Sure, no? I'll get yeah. right on that. Yeah, mate. No, but like, but like seriously, it's, it's got to be a balance. It's an exchange of values. Like here's some money to do a job. It's like, well, if I can find a job that's better and I don't have to, to work that much and I'm not having to do 30 races a year or something, you, you will do that. You will do that. So... I, I think there's I think there's scope to keep a a long calendar. I mean NASCAR's been doing it for ages. How many events is a NASCAR calendar? Thirty something? 
Mm, but it's all America, though, isn't it? Yeah, but like at the same time, America's not a small place. That's you know that's the equivalent of being in the center of Europe and You're right. flying all around. Thirty percent of our listeners are from there, so yeah. No, NASCAR is amazing. America is fantastic. Um, I like your big portions of food. Yep. Yeah. I like ZZ Top. Yeah. There's the spiritually gives away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like, exactly like the fact that you have dirty, great big V8s. Yeah, I love that. I miss that. But we should we should also uh, line up a pod and do a pod at a NASCAR event one year. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna find somebody. We'll line it up. It's gonna happen. All right. But yeah, like I like no matter what, it doesn't matter where it is. The travel is not the thing. It's 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 a huge stress on a lot of people. And like some people love it, and that's fine. If you love it, that's great. But like, I I think it'll be difficult for them to attract how much. How much are you going to love it when it goes to a 24 race calendar? You know, that's what I'm saying. Do a season, then tell me how much you love it at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. But like, but even now, like my, my content is based around being active for Formula One sessions, races, practices, you know, doing content after that. So it's like, I'm enjoying it right now, but am I going to continue to do 24, you know, you know, streams, you know, 24 race weekend streams a year. Probably not. I'm going to, I'm not going to do all of them. I'll get rid of the shit ones because there's enough content to go around. And it's, you know, I, it's kind of a bit backwards, but that I left formula one to do more formula one <laughs> for, for less money, but freedom, flexibility and control. And I'm my own boss. So when it fucks up, it's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just left because I got, you know, three small kids now, um, and I just wanted to be at home more. So, yeah. But next question is: This is a good one, actually. I like this one. I love this and, one. Anthony Cullen asks, "Who's one of the unsung heroes at Red Bull? We hear a lot about big names like Horner, Nui, and the drivers, but who is someone behind the scenes that is essential to Red Bull's success?" Now, I have a answer, but it's kind of a bit of an easy answer. I'm going to say Hannah, hmm. Hannah Schmitz, but she kind of is well known now. She's her profile is growing. Good. So, and and uh, so for the people that not a lot of people like, yes, Hannah's name is out there. She's very present. Um, she's done a lot of content with F1 with Red Bull. But for the people that don't know, who is Hannah? Uh, she is. Uh, is it her chief strategist now? Her principal, role? principal strategist. Principal strategist. Yeah. So um, she does everything that Ferrari does, just ten times better. Yeah, and and to not not this is not to take away from anything that Hannah does, but also Hannah is one of a four or five people that do strategy for the team. There's the head of strategy, a guy called Will. Um, there's a couple of other people that work in the strategy department. And there's people that developing software and tools to help the strategy team make great calls so far. I was looking for a hero of the year. It's the people making, you know, great tools to help these excellent engineers think quickly on their feet, make split second decisions and react and do a better job than all the other teams. Because I'm, I'm looking at some analysis for the RB18 this year for my next video. And um, they're, they're hitting everything, man. It's super, it's, it's, it's clockwork. It's, it's oiled. It's, it's surgical. That's a very, Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that is that is one like definitely, and it's good. It's really cool. I think as you've seen a shift in teams start putting their key personnel a bit in the light now, you know, and the, like they're giving them a platform. It's like, hey, guys, you know, there's there's Hannah, you know, in a mostly 
dude-dominated sport, you've got this girl in one of the most high-pressure situations and positions on the pit wall, making some big calls and uh, and hitting home Let's runs see. very often. I'm going to tell you who my unsung hero is. Gary, chap called Gary French, right? Go now, on. he he is in charge of uh, the data centers, um, which if you don't know what a data center is, it's basically like these giant halls where you stick all the comp big computers in, things like that. He manages all the aircon systems, power systems, keeps all that turned on. But that's not the reason he's my hero. The reason he is my hero is because he went out to Woburn Sands on his bike one lunchtime, did a jump, broke his fucking neck, right? Had to get airlifted to hospital. Oh, no, dude. Right? And we're all outside at lunch thinking, oh, someone's had a really bad accident. Look at this air ambulance flying over the factory. And then like a fucking hour or two later, we're like, where the fuck's Gary? And then his wife calls us and says, oh, he's broken his fucking neck. He's in, he was in the helicopter. And we're like, oh, shit. But yeah, no, he was all good. He was all fine. But it's just the fact that he, he is so fucking accident prone. Only he could fucking go out for his lunch break on a bike, break his fucking neck, and then get like six months off work. So yeah, big up yourself, Gary. Oh, dude. I don't know. That's that's terrible. There's been a, yeah, that's, that's mountain biking injuries. Name a better duo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who is so you you've mentioned the strategist or hannah specifically um i extended that to strategy i think the people i don't want to dox anybody so i'm, I'm not gonna name names but like there's a lot of people involved um in making the right decisions for designing the car that we nobody talks about all you hear you, you hear people singing adrian praises for his exceptional skills as an aerodynamicist like the the people like him are gone. There's there's going to be very few of these uh, can do everything, you know, super Oracle level aerodynamicists or engineers, or you, you know, your Ross Bronze and, and those sort of guys. Like, they're, they're not going to exist soon. You know, the James Allison's another great example of that. Um, but there's a lot of people that are involved in all these pieces and hitting the marks and understanding, you know, interpreting what the drivers are saying, turning those into deliverables on what they should do with the car's design, and then making sure that people are, you know, doing a good job with all those tools, simulations, systems. So it's, it's, yeah, it's like people, there's a lot of that stuff that people don't appreciate that has to happen in order for a team to rock up with a fucking spectacular car. And if it's not a good car, what are they doing in order to hit the marks and make and deliver upon that? And Red Bull have done a great job with that year, this year. Um, mm. You know, and it's the oh. same. It's, it's the same people that at Mercedes for the past eight years have been churning out world destroying cars. You know, they've got the best engines, they've got insanely strong chassis, and they've been able to do eight. You know, constructors in a year. The, those those people, you know, made a huge miss this year at that team, which is which is okay because like. You know, after you've done eight, you're entitled to, a, mm. uh, you know, a Joker card. But you know, those 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 are the people that have so much influence over how well that car does. And it's not one or two people. It's it's actually probably a handful of people orchestrating hundreds of people to make sure that you're executing and delivering on those designs. Yeah. Uh, you know who else I'm going to give a shout out to? Go on, HR. Oh yeah, for having to spend six years putting up with my bullshit on Twitter. <laughs> 
MVP. MVP. They yeah. wore some of the shit they had to police. Woof. I tell you, don't envy them. They must no. be. They must have sacked half of the staff there now because they're not needed anymore. Oh my they're god! Left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, big up HR. We had a we had a tense relationship, but I still love you all. Mwah. 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 So, uh, Paul, how much input do the drivers have on car development? No, they just let Max develop the whole car. That's why it's so quick. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's my that's my final yeah. answer. Checo gets all of his parts out of the bin. Yeah. I think the drivers have quite a bit of feedback, but at the end of the day, there's only like stuff like aerodynamic changes over a season take a really long time. You know, it's like to, just to go like nerd out for 20 seconds. It's like imagine you have low speed understeer at the apex of a corner as a result of the tires being very weak and when they're low. So as a result of the tires being very weak on the front when they're not loaded very much at low speeds, a la Red Bull. Or not, not even the Red Bull, the, the Pirelli, the 20, 22, 18 inch Pirellis are, they are not particularly strong on the front end. How do you resolve that with aero or mechanical things? Because like, you know, with your springs and bars and your mechanical setup for all you F1 manager gurus, you know, those, those things are like really coarse changes that you can only affect like global areas of it. But it's like, I need more front end at low speed when I'm turning in, but only here, not there. Those things take a long time. So the drivers absolutely have a lot of input on that, but then you're completely reliant on having a strong tool chain and well-correlated tools and models that let you go from, right, driver says this, and I need to fix it here. My tool says I can fix this thing here, but then does the, when you go make that part and put it on the car, does it do that thing? And that's that, that's that process that you're always refining your correlation loop um, and ensuring you have a good hit rate. So the drivers do have a huge amount of, input on the development of the car but in years like this year you actually had so many unknowns about the performance of the car one you'd run some Pirellis on a mule car and they may or may not have been the exact same Pirellis that you end up racing the season so you can gather some data on those on an unrepresentative car um, you've got a wind tunnel model and a CFD model about the aerodynamic performance of the car you still do aero mapping on the track for one very specific reason the tools are not always right and when you have a huge regulations, they're likely to be more wrong than a, you know, a regulation that you've had for four years. So the, the drivers have a huge input into the development process, but sometimes you, the, the variables that you're playing with, the unknowns are huge compared to the drivers like, well, I prefer it's like that. And then you show up in testing. It's like, yeah, it's nothing like that. You know, I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't around for testing this year. So I have no idea how well they hit the marks with the RB18, for example. But yeah, drivers, yeah. The drivers that can identify what they need to go faster and what's hindering them the most from going faster and who can deal with disturbances, um, those those guys will thrive more and be able to give better feedback. That was a lovely serious answer there. I got the all right, we got it. Let's go fraud. Let's go fraud. I'm I'm losing yeah, it, man. I'm, we can we can forward it up with the next question from I got weirdest thing each of you had to do at the office. I mean, I got pretty used. I, I must have had probably over 100 PCR swabs up my nose. And after a while, it was like, oh, shit, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't swabbed in a while. I'm, I'm just, do you need to do a test? Like, no, I just need to stick something up my nose. Weirdest thing I had to do with the office, man. What do you, you got anything? Because I'm, I'm struggling. I had to give Dietrich Mateschitz a tour around building four once. Oh. Because I was the only one around that knew 
the layout and yeah. what was in there and what it was there for. Oh, big D. He never and Helmut Marco was with him too, right? So it was the big the big cheeses, the pair of them. Yeah. And uh they when they came into the office I was working, no one told me this was happening. I knew he was visiting the site, but no one told him no one told me they were coming to me. So uh when they came into my office, they just sort of opened the door, walked straight in, and I was just sitting there with my headphones and my feet on the desk. I was like, Great, this is a fucking good start. So you will give us a tour now? Yeah, pretty much. So walked him around, showed him what's going on. And uh Dietrich never said a word. I'm almost he must understand English and speak English. But he's never fucking said anything. And Helmut Marco, I think Helmut Marco said like four words. And then Christian just sort of said, right, thanks. And then the way they went, I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, Great. my God. And, uh, yeah, I didn't That's get fired. Good. That's so. good. Yet. How long was that before you left? Because that could have been oh, related. No. That was like, I was only like in there for like, I say only. That must have been like my second fucking year in. Okay. So, and I managed six years out of it. So, it took him four years to process the paperwork. <laughs> The weirdest thing, it's not at the office, but this is this is a really weird one, and it's like a, tra- a travel sketch, right? So one year on the way to Budapest, the flights got canceled from a huge storm. I think this was 2017. So we landed nearby in Bratislava, and we f- randomly went through the phone book, the freaking yellow pages or something, and found somebody with a van and a trailer to put a bunch of suitcases. I think there was like eight of us engineers and we drove overnight from Budapest to Bratislava, or from Bratislava to Budapest. And it's like, what the heck? The guy, the guy was like wrapped up in a blanket, like basically <laughs> hibernating and sleeping while he was driving. I'm like, dude, this is not safe. And I was like, I was unwell. I had a cold or something. I just passed out at the back of the van. You know, I said a little prayer. It's like, you know, might not make it tonight text my girlfriend's like i love you uh this might not end well i'll talk to you in the morning <laughs> did you ever at winter testing did you ever get to you know when so at winter testing they hire out a load of these volkswagen transporter vans right for people that don't know and what they tend to do is they take a load of the back seats out so they can do airport runs for parts and things like that with them so all the rear benches and things like that end up getting st- stacked next to the tires so late at night we used to just sit on these volkswagen benches with the tire warmers over us just to keep <laughs> us going no i was usually up in the office like delirious from not sleeping for running ah, testing yeah. two days in a row that was pretty good yeah now i i don't remember too much weird shit i'm sure like if some like i get a couple beers in me i'll remember some really weird stories but Nothing really weird at the office. Office was usually pretty calm for me. Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. Nothing you're willing to admit on camera just yeah, yet. Yeah, definitely not. Not yet. Yeah. I need a couple beers first. Yeah. <laughs> right. Last one. Just Landsvat. Again, probably butchered that. You're welcome. John. Thanks, John. Uh, big Steve. Big John. Uh, if you would ever want to work at any other F1 team, which other team would have your preference and why? Would you ever go back to F1? 
Shall we ask you when your money's run out? Yeah. Yeah, okay. If you were going to go back, do you have a preference on team? If I went back, uh, I would only go back to Red Bull. I've worked at two yeah. teams. Because you know? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so I've, I've worked at two teams. I do not want to... I mean, this, this, it depends, because maybe, let's say I go back and I decide I want to go back and run a vehicle dynamics department or something. Well, I don't know if I would want to go to Red Bull to do that because they've already got good people doing that. Would I want to mm -hmm. go to a team that's, you know, wants somebody a new perspective? Would they have me? Fuck, probably not. Like, you've done YouTube for two years. You dumbass. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure, honestly. I think... I, if I went back to a Formula 1 team, I would only go back to Red Bull at this stage. That's it. That's my take. I, I know the place. I know the people that work there. Uh, I don't have any interest in working at Mercedes. Like, if you have to wear, like, nice clothes to work, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a much more corporate environment, I'm not interested. I have no interest at working at Ferrari. I don't want to move to Italy. That, that's simple as. I don't want to move to Italy. Um, and I, I think they work pretty freaking hard there, and then they have a couple people throw it all away for him. No, that's not, that's not true. That's not, but like, you know, I, I don't have any interest in that. Um, that's it. That's it. That's me. I'd go back to Red Bull. Hmm. See, I'd be the opposite. I wouldn't bother. No. If I was going to go back to F1, I'd probably only do it for Ferrari because, you know, as, as troubled as they've been, there is still something very alluring about mm. a red uniform. Yep. That nurse's yeah. outfit that you were thinking about, the, the latex yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd love nothing more than for Mattia Bonotto to just shout at me. Yeah. Angry Italian. Yeah. Uh, plan F. Damn. Yeah. Plan Question? F. Question? Oh, uh, stupid? Question? Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think... Yeah, I, I, I get that, though. Like, Seb... Seb Vettel had the same thing. He's like, mm. everybody's a Ferrari fan. And I probably would have a while back, but after being out of it, I just don't... Like, if I'm if I'm going to sacrifice my entire life to do something, I'm doing it for myself again. You know, I'm not I'm not doing it for another team. Like, and if YouTube and Formula One content and streaming and everything else don't work out, I can go get a job in Vehicle Dynamics. Or we could start our own team. We could start our own team. I don't have any interest in that. Fraudulent F1. Fraud F1? Yeah. Mm. Maybe like a spec series. We could run a Formula 4 team or something. I, I, But I don't know. Like, I just don't... I don't really have that much interest in going back into professional motorsport. Like, I'm on the steep end of the learning curve on this again with doing yeah. content and stuff, and I'm having fun. And it gives me a lot of different things to do that I didn't... wouldn't get to do working a normal 9 to 5. So, a lot more yeah, risks. So you heard it here first me and blake you'll see us in six months at your local mcdonald's yep see you there <laughs> at least you've got a normal job i do yeah i do so I, people that don't know i do like a it consulting um it sounds all very big and serious because it's all related to government uk government contracts like nhs universities councils uh, but it's different, and I get to work from home, which means I get to spend more time with my family. So, yeah, win-win-win for me. Yeah, speaking of, I need to go spend some time with the cats. It's time for them to be fed as well, because they're going to yeah. rip my face off or shit in the corner of my office, which they uh, haven't done yet. 
No, my kids haven't either. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's my eldest. Just left a nice mess by the new RGB lamp, which is gorgeous, by the way. Did we uh, did we manage to stick to our one hour time schedule, Blake? No, we're an hour and a half, but everybody uh, loves it. You guys again, are you guys are again. absolute frauds. You guys are absolute frauds. So, I think should we wrap it there? Yep. I think that was a, that was a long episode. We'd we'd love to hear if you guys enjoyed the episode and you've watched it. Leave us a you know we'll leave us a comment on Twitter. Leave us a review, a glowing five-star review, and big shout-out to whoever left that one-star review. You're an absolute legend. I want to give you yep. a forehead kiss. Mwah. Uh, mwah. Mwah. And if you're interested in uh, perhaps playing Formula One Manager, but you do not own it, Ooh. if you go over to our uh, Twitter account, you will see we've got a code to give away. All you've got to do is follow us on Twitter and retweet that tweet, and away you go. You're in the draw. Oh we'll yes. And speaking I'll of do that before we go live next week. Yeah. Speaking of F1 manager, they've just dropped a new patch. They've changed the tire degradation, some of the pace stuff and the fuel management. So as an awesome game, I think you've probably spent a bit more time on it than I have, but like as a out of a box simulator game for F1, the game's awesome and they've listened to what everybody said and they fixed a handful of the things that are not they weren't ideal in the initial they were passable, but it's like these guys and gals are doing an awesome job with this game, and I cannot wait to play it some more. I'll probably, um, I'll probably play it a bit more on stream later this week. So I'll let you guys know on Twitter when that's happening. And uh, I'm uploading all the episodes. So we've had some pretty funny ones. I've uploaded all the episodes to um, Break on YouTube. So Break is my gaming channel, and Break F1 is my F1 content. Do be sure to follow both of those. Dan, where can they find you on Twitter? I think it's the same as your username. Is it Engine Mode 11 with 64,785 followers currently? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm reading it for you. Thank you, boss. Yeah, yeah we're at that. No worries. Um, and just before just before we go, um, Blake, I wonder if you could help me answer a couple of questions. Mm. What was your primary role when you was a uh, trackside engineer in relation to fuel? Uh, I managed the race fuel. I told them when to go fast, when they had to save, and how much they had to save, and uh, stuff like that. Cool. How many times in F1 Manager, Blake, have you ran out of fuel? Uh, I've done five races, and I've DNF'd one car, and I didn't DNF Tsunoda because he was lapped. Get better, dude. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. The most fraudulent pairing of the F1 podcast in the world. Fraud watch. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Frauded. Fraud, 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 fraud. Yeah. But anyway, um, you guys have an awesome evening. If you're hanging out live on the stream, we'll hang out for another couple of minutes. But if you guys listening or watching on YouTube or your favorite podcast software, thank you guys for hanging out. And we'll see you guys uh, probably have our episode out Tuesday after the Singapore Grand Prix um, in case I get called out to the race to uh, go hang out at Orchard Towers, which probably won't happen. So I'll see you there. And we'll, ch oh yeah. But anyway, you guys um, stay fraudulent, yeah? Yeah, stay fraudulent. You're not going to tell them that thing that you always tell them. Fuck off. Yeah, cool. <laughs> oh. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.